BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Welcome to Cop Father. I'm Craig Vermel, along with my good friend and writer, Dennis Cornelius. How you making out? Good, buddy. How you doing, bro? Good. I first got to know you many years ago as a writer. Yes. So Dennis was in the writer's room for the TV series I did, The Bridge. Yeah. And you wrote Cop Father with me. You have just finished a book called Kalamata 21. Yeah, Kalamata 21. But this isn't uh, your first one. What? No, no. There was a small book, East so, Rockaway Station, which I did many, many years ago. Small book. It was in the Greek community, but uh, the scripts. I started writing screenplays and optioning them. Remember, after the bridge, I co-authored uh, the Russell Peters biography. Yep. And... We did Cop Father, of course, and we developed some other projects also, some still even more relevant today. And after Greece Year Zero, the documentary about the history of Greece, it was the 200-year anniversary of the Greek War of Independence in 1821. So because we couldn't have the big dance we thought we were going to have, which was going to be probably two to 3,000 people this March, Oh, you're talking about on the Danforth here in Toronto. Yeah, on the yeah. Danforth here in Toronto. In lieu of that, to recognize the date, and because the date is actually officially March 25th, 1821, but in the south of Greece, in the Peloponnese, in Kalamata, where my parents are from, we started the revolution March 23rd, and it took a couple of days of fighting and momentum to start making its way north into the some of the bigger town. So we celebrate March 23rd. And I wrote uh, this anthology of collected essays and some journals of the generals back then, because it was purely guerrilla warfare and brutal, very brutal, very, very ugly. Um, But they had been under Ottoman rule for 360, 400 years. So they, they raised up and with the help at the end of it, by the English, the French, and the Russians, they finally became their own tiny little nation. And then over the next 150 years, till about World War II, Greece came to what you see now as the, on a map with the 11 million people and the islands and the Crete. So it was a passion project, but it, was, um, it probably deserved a couple of years. But you know, bro, 
we we have our passion projects and we have the stuff that we focus on to keep going and keep your brain working but uh, i'm proud of it i'm actually as you know i was just uh, at the greek embassy in ottawa I, i signed a copy of the book to the greek ambassador as a gift to commemorate the day so that was a nice meeting and a nice touch and uh I'm always a proud son of Greek immigrants, um, but the truth is, my whole life, I've, it's also been tempered with the fact that my parents were born in '44, when the war was just ending in Greece. The uh, famine was on year four, and the civil war was about to start for the next five years. So when they got to Canada in '61 which now is 60 years ago, I wouldn't be here. They wouldn't have made their lives. This Ed still is the greatest country in the world. If you're ready to come here, you can keep your stuff, keep it and honor it, work hard, play by the rules and go. And that's why the Greeks, there's 125,000 of Greek descent here. That's why many of them have done well because they assimilated and they kept their stuff at the same time. So I'm very proud to be a Canadian of Greek descent. And, uh, and you know this because half your, even before I met you in 2003, 2004, half your buddies were Greeks and Italians. Yeah, I am. I, I believe I am an honorary Greek. So because <laughs> of that, it is a passion of mine. My closest friends like yourself are Greek. We're here talking to Dennis about uh, Kalamata 21, about the Greek independence more than 200 years ago now, March 1821. And what you did find out, which is what most Greeks believed, and I guess the rest of the world would have believed, is when the independence happened, it kind of came across like it was a one-day event. That's what they told us in the 70s. But that was not the truth here. In Greek school. No, this thing that we celebrate March 25th, the Greeks rose up and threw off the Turks. And there were, yes, there were battles where a hundred Greeks in the mountains, guerrillas, fended off 800 or 900 Turkish soldiers on horses with better bullets and better muskets. Well, if that happened every time, Greece should have made their way to Moscow. With that success rate, 100 Greeks can take out 800 Turks. It wasn't. That thing erupted. It went well for about 80, 90 days. And then the Greeks were, by 1825, in Kalamata and the south of Greece, they were absolutely being burned to the ground, living in caves, civil wars amongst themselves. Who's going to take over once the Turks leave? which has been bothering Greek history since the time of the kings with civil wars and who's going to rule. It wasn't until 1827 in the Battle of Navarino where, unfortunately for the Ottoman Empire, someone shot at one of the British warships and the French and the Russians and the British were there and they unloaded an 80% of the Turkish fleet and the Egyptian fleet that was seconded as mercenaries for the Turks were left in the Bay of Navarino in smoke and fire. And the next day, 
Greece rose out of those ashes. So, but that's seven years later. And that's what I didn't know. So it's always good to tackle something that you think you knew and you realize, you know this better than anybody, bro. Propaganda, whoever wins a battle can write about it later. Yeah. Let me ask you a question because uh, with your documentary, Greece, Year Zero, there's been a lot of conquering and there's been a lot of wars. Why is this part of the world? Like, what is the battle over? Is it the land? Is it the geography? I've talked to you so many times about the battles that this country has seen even before the independence. Is it just positioned from a geography point of view? Well, if you go back, you know, 2,500 years ago, the Egyptians had their stuff too. Uh, When the Greek Empire and Alexander ruled most of the world and went all the way to India and down to Mesopotamia and Egypt. And, you know, there's still a lot of Alexandrias on the map now. Then, you know, when he died at 33, the Greeks began their infighting again. The Romans swooped in, Mm -hmm. and then the Roman Empire took over, Mm -hmm. similar to the Greeks. That's why they call it Greco-Roman civilization and empires. The buildings look the same. The politics look the same. But that part, as the world developed, because of the trade with the East and the the South, like, you know, Libya, Lebanon, Israel, uh, Egypt, Syria, I think by the time of, I guess, you know, I guess Getty and the oil, when they realized oil was very uh, lucrative and we needed it to build the machine, the beast that we built in the Industrial Revolution, that channel, the Mediterranean, was very important. Churchill, for the, for the sake of keeping Greece somehow free to, to operate, the Battle of Crete in May of 1941, the British teamed up with the Greeks, Australians, and New Zealanders. They lost 29,500 men in 30 days, and Nazi Germany lost 28,000. And in the end, they finally had to concede it. They battled all the way to the last men just to keep an island in the Mediterranean. And it's still the same now. And, you know, they're still making moves. Everybody makes moves. The Russians come through the you know, Crimea, it's always been a hotspot for uh, civilization and for the greatest philosophers, thinkers. Washington still looks like Athens and Rome. Yeah, it does. Uh, So does Berlin. So does Paris. So does Moscow. So that legacy is still there. But you know what other legacy is still there? The, uh, that, that thing, that demon we have, warfare, Mm -hmm. fight. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Te presentamos a la familia López. Fashion es su pasión. Vas a ver que estos flare jeans los va a tener todo el mundo. Y cuando se enteraron de que Walmart ahora tiene un probador virtual para su centro de visión. Fashion show virtual. Aquí viene Silvia con monturas preciosas de DKNY. Le sigue José en lentes de Nike y Sandra con lentes de Vivi que le quedan bellos. Con mis flare jeans. Pruébate todos los looks con el probador virtual de Walmart. Sube tu prescripción y compra tus lentes online para que te lleguen directo a casa. Bienvenido a un cuidado de visión más fácil. Bienvenido a tu Walmart. Se si aplican restricciones. Visita walmart.com para más detalles. Now, uh, speaking of Churchill, Winston Churchill, he just loved Greece. In Absolutely. fact, in fact, the Greek flag is, I believe, is in his coat of arms. There is, a, there's probably a version because he he said, and he he did whatever he could in those first four years. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we're talking World War II here. Yeah, World War II. When the Nazis left, the British did come back in, and because of his stake in the blood that they'd spent, the arms, the money. He wanted to make sure Greece stayed in the sphere of the West. He didn't want it to go Eastern Bloc. Half the Greeks then, he wasn't a hero because he fought the left, and that turned into a civil war, and that was ugly. But the truth is that Churchill, I thought I, it was symbolic. And it also was that famous quote, I think it's in the book I gave you, where when they pushed back, Mussolini's army, three to one was the numbers, three soldiers to one, and the Greeks pushed them back. It was the first Axis defeat of World War II, and uh, Churchill got on the, uh, on the microphone to all of the United Kingdom and said, today, when we say we shall fight like heroes, we will fight like Greeks. So he was a big fan. Plus, he was an amazing brain. He knew Greek history. He knew all history. He was, he had a lightning mind. I have the footage of him, right, with the, uh, on celebration day, and they're all going nuts in Athens. And then it turned to hell for about four years in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the, the, the Greece and Britain, though, have always historically um, been very close. Independence 200 years ago. Is there anything in place now still? Any rules or laws that are that lasted for the last 200 years in Greece? No, they had, uh, when they got it, they brought their first king in the 1830s. They sent him away. They brought a second one from Bavaria, sent him away in 1860. Then they had some good kings. Then they had some bad kings in 1922 that cost them about 800,000 refugees from Asia Minor. And in the end, In 1974, during the military dictatorship, 
they voted to remove the monarchy for good. But, you know, people forget Greece and some of the countries have had kings for thousands of years. Like, it's not something you can remove that easily. So there is a, a certain code of, you know, almost uh, Christian. Uh, you know, you can't murder, be benevolent, everything for the country, sacrifice for yourself and all that. But, um, you know, those times back then, bro, Greece was uh, a bunch of like warriors in the mountains, priests and people dying in their fields to, to make enough to eat and sailors. The sailing and the merchant marines, those guys from the islands are the ones that became multimillionaires and billionaires. The, the yeah. guys that have the ships. So let me ask you, uh, with any attempt for independence or let's say a revolution of any kind, there's usually one or two people that started or heroes at the beginning. Do any one or two people stick out with you that you found out were spearheading this whole thing? Yeah, the, the Friendly Society, which started four or five years ago in places like the Black Sea and Odessa and Vienna and even in Italy and Venice, some great thinkers. In Europe, they thought, hey, we learned all this great, great stuff. Why are these people like peasants and like just poor and living like ragged lives in there? Shouldn't we do something about this? And plus they're Christian, which was another thing. But uh, when they started it and, and they, they hired some really crafty Greek generals and warriors, Kolokotroni, who fought with the British. Um, Mavro Bihali from Sparti, Papa Flesa, my guy from my parents' village, uh, my dad's village. When some of the princes and barons that knew poetry and writing and philosophy showed up thinking they were finding this great version of Greece, these Greeks were saying, you know, they, they brought their trunks and their silk robes. The Greeks were just looking, do you have any money for bullets? And they go, well, you guys don't know any poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a little bit of a shock to the European system. Now, after Greece became free in those first 40, 50 years, the education system, the, the society evolves. And now Greeks are pretty well aware that the last few thousand years, they had a lot to do with the way the world, for better, for worse, mm -hmm. works now. Yeah, they're, they're, it has been the center, I guess, the ground zero of a lot of events for a lot yeah. for thousands of years now. Thousands of years, yeah. So, end of the day, you've done the book Kalamata Twenty One. What were you trying? What were you attempting here by doing this? You know, we're talking about a ninety-page book. It was more of a touchstone, so people could read read some sections of battles and some of the personalities and. And maybe dig deeper because it was really something incredible considering the ragtag band of, of fighters that were fighting this. Uh, the Ottoman Empire was powerful. They said, oh, it was weakening by the 1800s. You know, that's not true. It was. They were weakening. But France, Britain, and Russia never dared meet the Turks head on, the Ottoman Empire. The Russians did after the Greek Revolution, but no one dared touch them. And the Turks, uh, as, a, as a nation, even up till 1971, a few years before they invaded Cyprus, they had 500,000 heavily armed and trained troops. In 1971, 
during the whole American politics and, and then the Cold War. They had the fifth most powerful army in the world. Do the math. Mm-hmm. The fifth most powerful. And guess what? They just bought a whole shitload of stuff from Russia again. When you get someone, you get a tyrant or a dictator with that kind of power in an army, things get dangerous again. Well, listen, my friend, uh, like I said, I, I feel like a Greek most days because of my friends <laughs> like you. The toughest and the sweetest person I've ever met is your mother. Yes, the same thank person. You, the Greeks have always welcomed me in many, many years now. You know, one secret to, you know, if I go out and you witnessed it because I've had a cigar, somebody will complain about the cigar smoke. But once I've had the tzatziki, uh, they don't worry about the c- cigar smoke anymore. That's it. It's your, you've been, you've been triple vaxxed now. <laughs> I've been triple vaxxed and all that. <laughs> Before we book off, is there anything you want to add? Anything like, how can you get the book and all that? The book is all available at panmessinian.ca. How do you spell P-A- that? P-A-N-M-E-S-S-I-N-I-A-N.ca. Panmessinian.ca. And it's 20 bucks. It's a gift to the nonprofit. And they help people at Christmas. With- yeah, you're, it's not, you're giving the money away. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did the six months of the research and the putting it together. Absolute volunteer. Some things you do, man, because you just want to do it, and there's no, and they're at, they're pure when there's no money involved. It's right from the heart. That's how I like doing some things. Like you know, our stuff about the movies and looking back on the seventies. We we don't make money from that. That's to to feed our intellect, right? Mm-hmm. Our souls and our minds. So that's what this was. But I will tell my mom that, and you got it. I'm not kidding you. You are absolutely probably the the number one, at least in North America. I haven't been to Russia yet, but number one in North America as an honorary Greek. Craig Bromel is an honorary Greek. Well, I we have had many moments that we're not going to get into on this podcast with <laughs> you introducing me to certain people, and I think the best line you ever told me is one year you went back. <laughs> and you started bringing me up on the internet. And I think one of the cousins said something to you. What do you do in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was in context to someone else, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's leave it at honorary Greek. But you, your name got around. No, nah, it's great. It's a great read. It's a quick read, but it it does open it up for you to look into this thing, and it's something the Greeks Greeks everywhere should look into because it is something they should miss out on and the courage. And I, I think the personality has continued on to today of them fighting like that. That, that thing did stick that planted the seed. You know, the, the Israelis, the Jewish people are, are the same, the similar to the Greeks in that way. They're very vigilant. Yeah. Don't, don't let that stuff happen to you again. Very similar, but you're right. I know a lot of Greeks that still think they're, one of the 300 Spartans. I think after a <laughs> bottle of scotch, you and I have both thought the same thing. But listen, there's more to Greeks than Anthony Quinn. Yes. Uh, Zor- Zorba. By the way, he's Mexican. Thanks so, for that. Yeah. So there's more to that. And it, it's a good read. I think people should because it's, it's fascinating on just the history. And I hope the Greek people read this 
and they're proud of what they're reading and, and go research a little bit more after reading the book. Thank you, bro. Thanks buddy. Be safe. You have a good one, buddy. Thanks everybody. Go to info at copfather.com. Any comments, any suggestions, and we would appreciate it. And we will see or talk to you soon. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.